welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 190, recorded live on Saturday, January 29th, 2011. And here are your hosts, the man who uh, interrupted my Koyana Stasi, Dave Play. Uh, hi. And the man who was watching Koyana Stasi, Andy Lowe. Hi. What is Koyana Stasi? I swear I've talked about this before, but I was. You might have, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was chatting with my, um, well, with one of my census coworkers at a party the other day, more of a get together, and we were talking about artsy movies, and I said there was no movie more artsy than Koyanastasi, which, um, if you want to look it up, I don't even know if I can spell it correctly. K o y a a n i s q a t s i. I am not looking that up. <laughs> Turns out you can actually watch the whole movie for free on YouTube, so if you really are interested in this. But it was done in the 80s, 1982, by Godfrey Reggio. And this movie has no characters, basically. What? Yeah. Has no characters. It has no... story with no characters. Yeah. And there's no vocals. It's basically just background footage and chanting and music done by Philip Glass. If you know Philip Glass, he's kind of the little bit of like a trancey sort of music. Yeah. He's a very new age modernist music. Yeah. So it's 82 minutes of scenes of just things and his Philip Glass's music underneath. So it's really like just a music video for Philip Glass. Yeah. Which is, um, do you remember the, the very first trailer for Grand Theft Auto 4? Nope. Oh, well, if, for the people who play video games, if you, if you remember looking at the very first Grand Theft Auto 4 trailer, it um, is very Philip Glass and very based off of Koi Anastasi. Like, literally, it's the same music, and it's almost shot for shot for, for part of the movie. Hmm. So if you really liked the trailer for GTA 4... You'll like this quote-unquote like, movie? Yeah. Well, it does tell a story because it compares nature itself without man to nature and man and how Koyanastasi is actually hopey for basically life out of balance. So it's talking about how man is disrupting nature and how the world is out of balance now. Ah, but so it's, it's an artsy political flick. Basically, yeah. This, it caught the attention of Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas, though. So they both put their names to the... It's actually part of a trilogy. I have not seen the second and third movie yet, though. Well, if George Lucas is involved, you probably don't want to see the second or third one. <laughs> Most people have actually said the second and third ones are not as good. <laughs> but, yeah. George Lucas really put his name on the second one, but he didn't do anything with the third one. Which was kind of funny, because the third one actually was... Um, filmed um, in New York right around the September 11th attacks. And the third one is all about life as war. Mm -hmm. So they were just like, whoa, (laughs) we're filming stuff about the World Trade Centers, and then they get attacked when we're filming a movie that is subtitled Life as War. Yep. So this has been um, Art House Theater podcast. Yes. Mm? Hello. Mm? Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Dave, what did you do? She called me. Am I not supposed to? No, it's fine. I'm surprised. Okay, I'm Andy. not supposed to. I'm surprised. How are you surprising Andy? Andy? Because I added you to the call. Surprise! Surprise! So, Dave, we're in the middle of recording. You can't surprise me with a get. Well, granted, I did that to you once. So, the third voice is our friend, longtime friend, who is out in Nevada, Catherine Byer. Hello. There you go. So maybe not out in Nevada for too much longer. Oh, unfortunately. Yep, uh, budget cuts are hitting the state, and I'm probably losing my job. Oh, no. So, and if I don't find another job, uh, Mom and Dad are going to come pick me up and take me home. Wow. 
Yep, these are the signs of our time. Yeah, yep. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, it, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, I hope you don't come back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm job searching, so if you know of any jobs that are looking for a librarian, uh, let me know. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll all work out one way or another. Okay. So speaking so, of life out of balance. <laughs> yeah. Andy so, and I were uh, just discussing some really artsy movie that I can't even remember how to pronounce at this point. Koyana Stasi. Yeah, that. Have you one. <laughs> I have never watched it. In fact, I've never even heard of it. I think that's uh, pretty common among our listeners. All I got to say is you just type in K-O-Y-A into Google and the instant search will bring up Koyana Stasi. So... I just am now going to double check that. I mean, it does sound like a foreign name, but well, it's Hopi, so for life out of balance. Yep. Hopi Indian. Yeah, I assume so. I don't know of many other Hopis. Oh, you can Hopi get Indians is in like the really fun jewelry and the turquoise. Yeah. Even though there is no Hopi Indians in the movie. Oh, hey, the music is by Philip Glass. It yes. Did it. Already, I'm liking this. <laughs> well, then, Catherine, you're going to love it because it's 86 minutes of Philip Glass music. Oh God! And nobody over speaking on top of it. No characters. Yeah, you have no to worry dialogue. About. No dialogue. It's a Philip Glass just music video. Glass. Yeah, just Philip Glass for eighty-six minutes. It could be worse. Wasn't Philip Glass? I mean, didn't they use some of his music for uh, Civilization? Once you got to the modern era, probably. Yeah, some of it did it. sound familiar. You hated the. Mo- I loved the music in the modern era. Nope. Oh. It could be worse, you know. It could be. 90 minutes of John Williams' music video. So you mean 90 minutes of Dvorak and 90 minutes of Holst. Yeah. Holst, yeah. Hey, steal from the great. <laughs> yes, but don't claim it as your own. <laughs> steal from the great, but do it like PDQ Bach did. <laughs> okay, no one can do it as great as PDQ Bach. So welcome to I mean, Peter Art House Orchestra podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. We try and reach out and do different things from time to time. <laughs> Talking about a movie that has no dialogue, going to Philip Glass music, and then going to PDQ Bach. We are so inside baseball in so many other fields right now. How is PDQ Bach inside How, baseball? I bet if you go to okay, if you go to a hundred people in the street, they do, have you heard of Bach? Yes. Have you heard of PDQ Bach? They will say no. I think you'd actually find. Very few people who've heard of Bach right off the street. Well, if you talk about classical music. Yeah. Like, have you heard of Mozart, Beethoven, Bach? I was listening to Ode to Joy, just part of it. And someone asked me, someone else in the room asked me, why are you listening to Christmas music? Seriously? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I feel my degree in life has been wasted. And and in fact, it's not actually all that uncommon for people not to know Bach. Bach was, in fact, not well known during his own time. He, he didn't actually was, become famous until after he was dead. He was just really influential because, you know, the whole broke. Actually, if you look at music history books written at the time or directly right after he died, mm-hmm. he is rarely mentioned. Really? At all. Mm-hmm. What the hell? It took a while for them to realize he was awesome. <laughs> but he wasn't. The whole death thing. Not a huge fan of box music. Although Toccata. Yeah, Toccata and Fugue is, is pretty awesome. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to sing. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, that's not... Uh, that is singing. <laughs> I'm passing air through my vocal cords to create certain pitches. So yes, well, it is singing. Do that when you talk. Unless you talk like a robot. I can do that. I could just well in post. I could do it. <laughs> I can't do that. I can do it in post. So Catherine, you're actually not the first librarian we've had on the show, but you probably already know that. 
I know. I know. I listened to that podcast, and I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, but remember, he's not Maybe like- I actually want to listen to you guys all the time. And, okay, I understand that there's this big difference between a librarian and a library assistant. I know, the fancy degree. Where I live, nobody gives a crap. <laughs> If they're, do your work. <laughs> if they're sitting behind the desk, they're a librarian. In fact, I'm viewed as a lower class librarian because I'm not from Nevada. <laughs> really? I, in fact, was told by someone, actually someone came up to my library director and asked why I had a job because, you know, I'm an outsider. I'm from Michigan and oh. why couldn't I just find a job there? And my job should have been given someone from, you know, from who's Nevada. Yes. Why couldn't you find a job there? That's what I ask myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> you go, okay, who's number two in, oh, I don't know, Nevada's number one in unemployment, right? Or uh, I, the, no. the ones that are on the bottom are Nevada, California, Michigan, and I forget who the fourth bottom one was. Rhode Island, I think. Someone bad, I don't know. Unemployment rate by state from January 25th. Ooh, these are recently. Okay, Puerto Rico's at 15%, Nevada's at 14.5, California's at 12, Florida's at 12, Michigan's at 11.7. Really? Yeah, so we're now fifth. Michigan's moving up. Woohoo! We've dropped... everyone's leaving the state. <laughs> we're out of curiosity, where's Washington on the list? Down, 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 uh, 9.3. Not bad. So they're actually below the national average. Yeah. Of course, this is just for people who are uh, actively looking for full-time employment who aren't employed at all. Yeah. Well, unemployment's Whereas, based off no. of people who are actually accepting unemployment insurance. That's what they yeah. use to figure out the rate. Where if you include underemployed and part-time looking for full-time, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Michigan has a 20% unemployment. Whew. One out of every five people. Welcome to the Wolverine Yay. state. Hey, hey, just because we lost that basketball game does not make it the Wolverine State yet. Yeah, I was about to say, like, wait, why does the good three years, let me tell you. Why does unemployment make it the Wolverine? I mean, where is this coming from? Why isn't it the Spartan State when we're talking about unemployment? I am staying out of this one. You instigated this one. (laughs) Hey, I'm from Eastern. I can make fun of whoever I want. What are you going to do? Make fun of Eastern's athletics? Oh, look at that. Or their education program. Hey, Eastern's education program. It's like the number one in the state, if I remember correctly. For certain areas, yes. For elementary education. And special ed. Yes. Well, those are important things. I mean, especially no child left behind, we're all going to be special education soon. Yeah, pretty much. I probably shouldn't say much on that, though. Being as you were a teacher. Yep. Does your administration listen to your podcast? Nope. Hopefully not. So should we get off of education and actually get onto some topics? Sure. Wow, that's really interesting. This map. Ah, the map of what everybody's worst at? Yep. Beast My favorite is Washington. <laughs> and actually, Louisiana's pretty funny, too. Gonorrhea. Oh, Stroke, right. obesity. Really? I would not have put them with obesity. I thought that would have been uh, Wisconsin. Who's obesity? Oh, no. Mi- mi- uh, it's tasted in the south. I think it's either Texas or Mississippi's got the highest obesity rate. Mississippi. Ah, there you go. Texas, I think, has like six of the top ten cities, though. Detroit used to be up there. I'm not sure if they still I are the fact that Why is Ohio the nerdiest state? Have you been to Ohio? I've driven through Ohio. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think mm, I would put Massachusetts as the nerdiest state. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. MIT sitting out there. Yeah. Or, you know, California. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who can outbalance the nerdiest part out in California. Mm. Like, <laughs> Massachusetts is small enough, and there's enough Ivy League 
Harumph, rumph, rumph up there. <laughs> I don't know. Did you, did, did you repeat that and define it, please? The, the Ivy League. Harumph, rumph, rumph. So like, oh yes, I'm, I'm from Yale. Class of Okay, I got you. Like the the monocle oh, top hat, sort of. Oh, you're one of the Joneses. What? The people keep, that we're trying to keep up with? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, God. That and Jersey Shore. You just got to think, when you watch those shows, it makes you feel so much smarter and better about your life. Because at least you're better than them. That's actually why um, Kate watches Bridezilla, which makes perfect sense. Is She goes like, I watched it because those people are crazy and it makes whatever we were dealing with not seem as crazy. Okay, of all the weddings I've been in, Kate was the best bride. Seriously. I, in fact, told her when she asked me to be her bridesmaid that if she acted anything like my sister, there's no way in hell I was going to be her bridesmaid. If my sister's listening to this, I'm sorry. Does your sister generally listen to our podcast? I don't think so. Well, there you go. Okay. (laughs) So I'm thinking of going to a topic now. Oh, if we must. Well, we have a large list of them. Yes, we do. God damn it, Andy. <laughs> 22 topics. I'm actually yeah. surprised on this list you don't have anything about Egypt. No, Wait Egypt's the on there. That is a big topic. Wait at the bottom. Not on my list. Refresh well, the page. Oh, oh okay. Andy adds Egypt, one or two last minute. There we go. Well, do you want to talk about Egypt? That's a topic. We can go there. It is indeed yeah. a topic. It's so a there, rather cute topic, actually. There is a lot of civil unrest in Egypt right now. To put it mildly. Yeah, there's lots of um, rioting and protesting. Military was called in. Because the police force is completely ineffective at this point. Yeah. So, I, I enjoy the fact, though, that the protesters are actually singing to the military and supporting them. <laughs> oh, so the military <laughs> decided to support the people? Well, not really. They I'm were not just sure about that. They were they're they were there right they're salute they when the military would pass by they would salute them and then wherever the military would stop they would put the protests right next to the military and they would cheer on the military going like yay thank you for uh, doing what you're doing <laughs> and like come join our cause that sort of stuff and the military is just like there but yeah. they're not really doing anything to break up the protests so the people are like oh okay well I think they're there as a police force at this point which is to say keeping people from looting and killing each other yeah. It'll be interesting to see where the, the military falls on this, because that's probably going to decide it. But what's really interesting is the fact that um, I think Egypt learned from Iran's protests and the whole mm-hmm. Iranian Twitter revolution or whatever it's called. Yep. That um, right around uh, 5 p.m. or so on the 27th. Yeah, on the 27th, Egypt basically shut off its Internet. Today, the link has a very nice and very dramatic um, chart, which I still find it kind of interesting that the number of people who are still able to get the information out of Egypt over the Internet mm-hmm. without having the Internet. I don't know how they're doing it, but they... Well, you've got other providers. If you have a satellite connection, you could do it. Yeah, that is true. And they can't really stop your satellite connection other than... What are they going to do? Put a lead sheet in the middle of the air? <laughs> I think it's most interesting about how people in the United States are freaking out about this, thinking that our government's going to do it to us next, you know, that at any time we could flip the switch, the internet is gone. I wonder what it would take to actually turn off the internet. In the U.S.? Yeah. A lot. We've got a lot of, there's, well, there's the big pipe coming in. Well, most of the servers are domestic also. But it's all going to go through certain choke points. Hmm. Because I, I can see how we could cut off the internet from the rest of the world, but most of the servers that we are trying to access are in the Here. U.S. So the, yeah, yep. they would have to they would have to try and cut the things off almost at the source. So you'd have to shut down Amazon. The entire world's internet. Yeah. Well, as long as you shut down 
Twitter, Amazon, and Facebook. Nothing you consistently it. scared a ton of people. Yep. No, it's really. Uh, it, I've been listening about the the Egypt thing on my way to and from work because it's you know the only thing on the news at this point that in Tunisia. So it'll be interesting to see where it falls. I don't think the the U.S. government would ever. I hope the U.S. government would never take out the internet like this. I don't. You never know. You know, people are revolution. Right. Okay. So that's that was the big one. Um, what I was actually going for was um, since Catherine, do you have an iPhone or are you BlackBerry? I have a Droid. Have Android. Oh, she has a Droid. Oh, you the the Droid X, right? Droid two. Droid two. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to worry about this, but any of the our listeners who have um, an iPhone, um, you need to worry. <laughs> If you ever take it into an Apple store to get it fixed, because the okay. uh, uh, the iPhone four to access it is very there's a couple of Phillips screws that you remove and you slide some things and you're able to open it up and access it. That's how you can replace the battery, that sort of thing. Um, Apple is actually going and screwing with you, literally. Uh, they'll- uh, uh, uh. A tamper-proof five-point screw. Yeah, this one, it's new. It's not even actually on the list of standard um, screw designs. It just came out recently, and it's it looks like, sort of like a Torx, but it's a five-point star, but it's curved five-point star, so you really can't... It, nobody knows how to base... There, there are people who are making drivers for this, but it's pretty new, and it's only on a couple of Mac books and now the iPhone, but they will actually go and... You take your phone in. They take it to the back to look at it or whatever they'll do. They actually will remove the Phillips screws that are in there and put in these pentalobe screws. More evidence of Apple not wanting you to get into the stuff that you own. Okay. How hard is it to make a new screwdriver? Probably not very. I mean, honestly, yes. Apple is being a douche about this, but it's really not that hard to overcome. No. no. At least not for someone with, like, a forge and a mold. Well, some of the places are already selling kits. It's a, it's a, you can buy a kit from the iFixit website that is 10 bucks that includes a screwdriver, two replacement Phillips screws, and a regular Phillips screwdriver for after you fix it. So, <laughs> it's not that hard, but it's still, that's a little, that sucks. <laughs> it's a little underhanded, I would admit. Yeah. I mean, but it is Apple. It's like taking your car into a place to get the oil changed, and then they would go and replace all your lug nuts. <laughs> with well, with my experience point. with cars, that actually wouldn't change anything for me. <laughs> they do actually have locking hubcaps. So they be like, oh, I'm sorry. You have to bring it back to a certified dealer now to actually access anything under the hood. Because so you replaced it with funny screws that you don't have. So is there any way you can stop them from taking it to the back room? Yeah, just don't not take, take it. In. Yeah, don't take it in. <laughs> I mean, what happens if you have to take it in? You know, can you just say, I need to keep my eyes on it the whole time? I want to see what you're doing. It's my phone. Uh, probably not. You could say, you know, don't put in the, the pentalobe screw, and they might listen to you. You could threaten violence. I figure that always works. You could but say, then- I have a, uh, an irrational fear of five-pointed objects. <laughs> Pentaphobia? <laughs> Pentagramphobia? I, I don't know. Let's see if there actually is a fear of five point five points. No, nothing showed up. Fear of fives? There is fear of fives. There's fear of a bunch of numbers. Top five phobias? No, no. I want phobia of the number five. Well, look up pentaphobia. I get someone on DeviantArt. <laughs> Yeah, that is so not what I was going to look for. Pantophobia is actually um, all the fear of nothing. So, it's close. So, uh, either way, Apple's being a douche again. Yep. 
So continuing hey, with but at least you get it on Verizon. Yes, you can now get it on. You screwed over there too. What's funny is you actually can um, get the unlimited data plan on Verizon, which AT and T got rid of, and now. Yep, but can, it is twenty bucks more. Yeah, right. But it's for the, it the the five yeah. percent of users who actually use that much data. Yeah, because I I have Verizon and I have the unlimited, and let me tell you, it is so worth it. Yeah, because I use my phone all the time. I got to turn the data plan on my phone today. Somebody remind me to do that later. I'll try to. Okay. I probably will. Hey, Andy. Yes. Remember to turn on the data plan for your phone. (laughs) Why are you turning on your data plan? Where are you going? Uh, um, Wichita, Kansas. What? (laughs) Yes. Um, Why are you going to Kansas? uh, To pick up a car for my dad. A 1981 S-Class Mercedes. Don't your parents have enough cars? Um, this is to replace a car that is not working. So, and it's an S-Class Mercedes, so it's nice. And it's, it's from older than we are. Yeah, but it's it's got the 617 diesel engine, so it's good. The 617 is the sort of like my engine on my Benz, but an extra cylinder and a turbo on it, so it will last. Sure. Just just nod and say yes. I I am smiling and nodding, and now I am saying yes. Yes, Andy. Yes. So are we going to see it in the Dream Cruise? Maybe. The, the Woodward Dream Cruise, Dave? You know that big thing in Michigan where everyone drives their cars? Between stoplight and stoplight? Where Woodward turns into a giant parking lot? Yes. I am smiling and saying yes. <laughs> Dave, you How- need to get to Detroit more often. <laughs> I was there a month ago. Less than that. Actually, I was on Woodward. Well, Dave, you need to Woodward Dream Cruise 2011. Let's see what the date is. August 20th. You need to go down to Woodward on August 20th, and then you will see the Dream Cruise, and you'll see all of the cars. <laughs> or I could just wait until sometime in early July and see the Rolling Sculpture Car Show. Yes, but this is huge compared to the Rolling Sculpture Car Show. And there's just everybody with every single type of car thinking, oh, yeah, my car is cool. I can drive it down there. Mm. Actually, if you would like to see a fantastic video of it, go to uh, notsopuremichigan.com, and they have a wonderful Oh, those, Are those the uh, Pure Michigan spoof about, videos? Uh, I've been but the one is pretty hysterical. Yes. Yes, but there's one on the Dream Cruise. Ah, nice. Not so pure Michigan. Michigan parody, there we go. I'll put it on the links. Um, but going back to phones, it seems that a university in the UK, the University of Surrey, is actually going to be launching smartphones into space. Why? To see if they can work in space. Like in vacuum space or just like on the, uh, the ISS? They're going to send an Android smartphone into orbit on board a 4-kilogram nanosatellite later this year. To right, determine four whether does not make it nano. <laughs> well, compared to satellites, that's small. Yeah, well, it, it's small, but yeah, okay. But the um, they're going to see if an off the phone, off the shelf phone, can operate in space. They don't know whether it can or can't. Well, they've tried it in vacuums and in um, temperature controlled things to see really hot, really cold, that sort of stuff. Right. They've, so they've tried it in the lab, but they actually want to send one into space to see if it will work. Okay. Their what were the process, results in the lab? It, it worked in the lab. But they want to try it out. That's why they're going to send one up there because it's worked in the lab. But then we're like, well, let's try it out in the real world now. Okay. So look for a smartphone app to control satellites in your future. Now on the Android marketplace. <laughs> that would be so weird to be like, oh, yes, I have the new T-Mobile G4. <laughs> Satellite it's control. That, it's the one in space. <clears throat> but hey, whatever, whatever can make it cheaper to send stuff into space. 
well, not really. It still costs the same to set it into space, but that way they don't have to worry about creating their own chips and everything. Why is it important to know whether or not a smartphone can work in space? How often is my G2 going to be exposed to vacuum? Well, it's in space, Dave. Yes. So if it, if it can work in space... I think this space. is another one of those times... Sorry. I think this is another one of those times where you just sit back and smile and nod. I've been doing that a lot today. What? If, if you can get a phone... It's like those guys who can send up the, the cameras into space for like 500 bucks. If they can... If you can pull something Who's off the... Who's going to go and make a phone call? Well, no. They're just going to use it as a computer, basically. Okay. And also, the Android marketplace, the, Android, the smartphone application market, the developer's market is big, so they can actually... They don't have to worry about creating their own chips. They don't have to worry about creating their own programming language. They can just pull stuff off the shelf and use it. Okay. That's what they're trying to do with this. Uh, isn't that what they do for satellites anyways? Now, most of the stuff is custom made for satellites. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Smiling and nodding. Texting can help with spelling. Yeah, this is bullshit. I'm sorry. Having have gotten... you not seen Go ahead. the email about the self-correcting from the iPhone? Have you guys not seen that mass email that's been going around? Nope. Well, I might have. Which oh. one? The one that self-corrects Android to hemorrhoid? Uh, no. I mean, there's a whole list of them where, you know, instead of getting grounded, you're getting your ass pounded. Nice. Oh, goodness. There's a whole bunch. Let me see if I can find it. But they did a study where they sent a bunch of, was it sixth graders? Ten-year-old children, nine- and ten-year-old children. Okay. So we're looking at fourth grade, fifth grade. Okay, so fourth grade, fifth grade students who'd never had a f- cell phone before, and they were given a bunch of tests, and then they were divided into two groups. Half the group were given a phone to text their friends, and the second group got nothing. Ha, ha, but, ha, ha, ha. But, so, I mean, I'm looking at this, and, like, they're giving it to a group of kids who've never had a phone before. Are these kids familiar with texting lingo, or did they actually try and type the stuff out and got to use the autocorrect and learn how things were spelled? That is an interesting story, which is not brought up in the article. Right. You'd, have to, you'd actually have to look at a study to see exactly what was sent between the students. So maybe, okay, so maybe the text lingo, the great spelled with an eight and rather than E-A-T. I actually had to think in my head, how do you spell great? Yep. Um, maybe that the crazy spelling doesn't help with spelling, but just the fact that they are looking at the written word more often is what's causing the text messaging to help. But they're not actually looking at the... I mean, it depends on what's going on. If they are actually uh, spelling things out, then yes, they're seeing it and it would be better. But if, I mean, yeah, it's just... But yeah, if they're, if they're messing with the language, creating their own lingo... Oh, here we go. That The report speculates that these higher test scores could be explained by the highly phonetic nature of text lingo, as many abbreviations require students to understand the alphabet in a unique way. Hmm. I, on the wow. other hand, um, hate text shorthand. Yeah, And now that I have a nice full keyboard on my phone, Woo-hoo. granted, I am using my actual physical keyboard less and less because the swipe is just, the swipe keyboard is just easy to work with. And I think it's just maybe because I'm trying to use special characters that you can't really access on the physical keyboard. Like what? Well, like the, some of the punctuation is not on there. That's what the alt space bar is for. Alt space bar? As Andy goes and reaches for his phone. Well, I, my headset cable's not long enough. Yeah, uh, if you look at the space bar... It has S-Y-M on top of it. Well, I would have to... mm. Dave, start picking a topic so I can go grab my phone. (laughs) Uh, The, the, what is it called? The NGP, Next Gen Portable, or New Gen Portable, or some bullshit code name for the PSP2. Uh, Sony had a huge press conference and announced the PSP2 and showed it off, and everyone's excited. Uh, Except anyone who doesn't really care about PlayStation or PlayStation Portables. Are you one of those people... (laughs) 
Dave does not care. You care about the DS, no. though. The, the 3DS? Yeah. Not really. I'm not, not going to really. buy it for a while. I'm not going to buy this for a while. I probably won't buy this, actually. But it's got a touch screen. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Is it's it running touch- Android? <laughs> no. It's got six-axis control. Ooh. So, so you, could be, <laughs> you could be standing in line mm-hmm. and look like you're... Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is looking like the iPod Touch. It's a phone without the phone. Yeah, it's got Wi-Fi, 3G connectivity. What I am found surprising is they got rid of the UMD. I'm not surprised by that. They did that for the PSP Go. Yeah. They're like, hey, we got this new format. And everybody's like, no. And they're like, okay, no more new format. Yeah, well, how often has that happened with Sony? <laughs> Sony always creates a new format for everything. And only rarely do they win. Yeah. <clears throat> Blu-ray. Oh, that's just because they had the money to throw around to the movie industry. Because the porn industry got behind it. Uh, That is true. All right, let's only see the symbols on my keyboard. Type to compose, alt, symbol. I only get 16 symbols and... Well, but what are you missing at that point? Maybe I just use odd punctuation sometimes. I'm looking on the phone. There's nothing I can... Yeah, like, what are you trying to write? Well, I... Um, okay, to be honest, I use some crazy punctuation in my passwords, things okay. that are not normal. And um, what I use is not on the keyboard. I see and a it's, carrot. I see, well, the carrots and the symbols. Yep, and there's uh, some other things in there. Parentheses are, on the keyboard, the braces and brackets are on the symbols, the greater than, less than are in the symbols. And for the love of God, it has an ellipsis, a yen, a copyright, and a registered trademark. Yeah, I'm what saying it's not, on, <laughs> it's not on there. My passwords, I guess, are too good for my phone's physical keyboard. It is in the swipe menu, though. So that's all I'm going to say about that is that one downside. Hey, I'm now insanely curious what it is. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you because it's part of my password. Let's see. Well, I don't know the rest of your password. <laughs> Dave does. Dave. Well, Dave knows the basis of my passwords. Yep. Is it in the symbols part of swipe or is it on the regular part? I'm not going to tell you. All right, so, I mean, like, it could be the, oh, you know what, is the, nope, the tilde is on the keyboard. Uh, the upside down question mark? I'm not, I just told you I'm not going to tell you. The double quote, I mean, come on, Andy. <laughs> nope, double quote is on the keyboard. What the hell do you have that's not on the keyboard or in the symbol menu? What did I just say, Dave? I, oh, you know what, that, that might be it right there. <laughs> what that is might be it. I, I can't say okay. it on the air. Oh, but Andy can bleep me. Nope, it's in the symbol, so it's not the vertical bar. Welcome to Guess Andy's Password. <laughs> you realize, Andy, you could say it and bleep it out, right? Since yeah, but that the, makes... You are the guy who does the post. I know, but it, it takes a lot of effort. Oh, you poor thing. All right, 520-day flight simulation nears its landing. Which is kind of interesting because I thought the actual flight to Mars would take two years itself. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it is only... It's a, almost a year. It's like a... Um, Eight months, I thought. It depends on, you know, the relative positions and speeds. Well, the, the, um, they're try- I think the way they're trying to do it with using the least amount of energy will actually take 8.5 months. So that would be less than... About 250 um, days. Yeah. So, yeah, in Russia, it seems people are already testing out Mars spaceflight. Yeah, by- we talked about this before. We did? Yeah, when they, when they first put out the call for people to sign up for this, we talked about it. Oh. And when they launched, we talked about it. Well, now they're well, at... Well, launch. Yeah. By launch, you mean threw them in a box and then closed yeah. the door. Put them in a room that is about the size of my apartment. Uh, and only let them shower once a week. Yeah. Oh. They each get to shower. Actually, it's, it's like once every 10 days. Oh. So yeah, they're going to land, and they have a second box that's going to be the Mars landscape, and then they're going to do another 200 and some odd days back again, which 
that's the one unrealistic part of this thing is if you're trying to do it with the least amount of energy, which is why taking the 230 plus days to get there, Mm -hmm. you have to wait. I think it's almost a year and change in order for Mars and Earth to be back in their same orbit again for them to on where they are when they launch and how long they want to stay there. Because look at it, you know, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't actually have to wait a year and change. You'd have to wait about four months because mm. then the two planets are back where you started, roughly. It's kind of funny. Is, is Mars will be a little further behind. Nova, for those of you who actually pay attention to PBS, Woo-hoo. did did a show. Um, how long ago was that? Looks like it's uh, the twentieth. They did a show on the twentieth called "Can We Make It to Mars?" and it had uh, the guy from the New York Planetarium that's always on, John Stewart and Colbert. Okay, Niels wow. deGrasse or something like that. I, I can't think of his name. I but, but go he, on. He did a show on Nova that was, can we get to Mars? And what and did cur- he conclude? The current answer is um, no. Well, we, we can get to Mars, but we can't do it cheap enough to make it... Safely, effectively. Yeah. One of the problems he actually... Well, the, the hardest part is actually the food. Because um, oh, yeah. somebody took all the stuff that they actually use in spaceflight and put it in a freezer for five years. Because that's how long the total trip would take. What? That's what, that's what they said. Five years would be the whole round trip to get to Mars, wait there for Mars and Earth to realign, and then get back again. Okay. It'd be a total of five years. So they put the food in storage for five years and then brought it out. And the stuff... Um, is not good. It's good for like two and a half years, three years, but somewhere between three and five, it, it breaks down. Yeah. Twinkies? <laughs> Twinkies do not have a shelf life for forever. I tried that once. Uh, I've heard otherwise that there there are people who have been eating Twinkies for 15 years that they bought in bulk. No. Ew. No, no, no. <laughs> After a couple of years, those things, not so much. Well, but what I mean, what if you freeze them and store them as opposed to just leave them out? I don't know. I never actually had access to a freezer at the time. I just had access to a shelf. It's one of those things I was curious perhaps, about. I'm like, oh, hmm. would you want to try that out, Dave? I can't Go. eat Twinkies. Oh, God, I would have to do this. Mm. Yep. Oh, go for it. Do it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so moving on. Where do you want to go to? Um... Facebook or Torrents? We have something on Torrents? Yes. There's a study done recently about Torrents, and there's two key points that the study had found out. The first is that, um, what is it? Google was starting to searches to the Yeah, well, that's not in this thing, but yeah, Google's blocking instant search for words like BitTorrent and Mininova and all the other Torrent websites. But the study had found out that about 100 publishers are responsible for two-thirds of the content on BitTorrent websites, and that nearly three-quarters of downloads are generated by those 100 people. Mm. But the other interesting thing is um, the other third of all files on websites like Pirate Bay are fake. Fake torrents. Fake torrents. I had those issues for a long time. Which is kind of interesting because... Are they fake as in they're just an ad? Well, they could or be malware, malware, not the right file, maybe actually like some more serious viruses and sort of things, or just put up there by people in the movie industry and the TV industry to try and trap you. Yeah, muddy the waters somewhat. So people who actually are looking for the files will download the fake ones and go, oh, this sucks. I'm not doing this again. But the more I think about it, it's like thinking most of the stuff that one would download from a torrent site would come from people you know are legitimate. I can think of two or three I know off the top of my head that I would go to before others because I know 
that they are good if I was downloading something from the internet. So that's what the, in, well, in order of course to course we never do that's illegal. Of course. Right. Except for open office. That one I am always seeding. And Linux distributions. Well, I don't use Linux, so it'd just be weird. And to... OC Remix. Well, I guess OC Remix is a gray area. They haven't been taken down yet, so I assume it's that the game companies don't care at this point. So it seems that in order to actually shut down BitTorrent, you can't don't take down the torrent sites like they're doing. Just find out who these top 100 publishers are and take them out. Yep. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead and do that, Andy. Oh, I'm not going to do that because why would I want to get rid of those people who are providing high quality things like Top Gear? And other TV shows that I'm not able to get. Okay. Just just saying. Right. So Facebook, there's a couple of things. First off, Oregon Trail and Carmen Sandiego are coming to Facebook. Woo-hoo. So you can friend Except somebody. It can't possibly be as great as the original Oregon Trail. I don't know. We'll no, find but it. it'll be nice. It's good to have it back again. You can, you can find out on February 2nd for Oregon Trail, and then Carmen Sandiego is going to be coming out on February 9th. Side note, I am playing Where in the USA is Carmen Sandiego again. And I am six busts away from trying to go after Carmen San Diego. See if I can actually do it this time. But also, um, Facebook, you can actually sign into Facebook using HTTPS. Did I say HTTPS? Yeah. So you can sign in securely. The secure. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you forget your password, instead of using like a recapture sort of thing, they're actually going to use your friends' faces. It's kind of like that thing we said with Microsoft where you actually had to figure out if it's a cat or a dog. Oh, God, but that means you actually have to know the people on your friend list. Exactly. (laughs) Which, um... That's not going to work. (laughs) No. I'm just thinking of, like, why are you friends with people you don't know? Uh, Because it just happens on Facebook. You know, you're like, oh, I'm friends with this person and this person, and this person is their friend, and I met them once at a party, and they were kind of cool, and so we friended each other, and then never, ever, 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 ever talked. Yeah, so if I go to that Facebook social log and there's a lot of people that I'm not going to know. So, yeah, hopefully um <laughs> I love their quote is hackers when halfway you go through your Facebook and you delete the people you're not friends with. But but I don't want to seem mean by unfriending people cuz that that would just seem I'd, yeah, I don't want to be mean. <laughs> But yes, there are a lot of people on Facebook. I don't Chances know their, if, um, never spoken to them. if I've never spoken to them, they won't know if I've unfriended them. Mm. Exactly. But I would know, and then I would feel bad about it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and the, the third part, going back to the Facebook games, we talked about Facebook credits coming out. Now they're making Facebook credits mandatory for all Facebook games starting in June or July. What if I don't use any sort of currency in my game? I do. I, do I need a Facebook credit system? I don't know. It's awful. Zynga's going to hate it, which well, makes me laugh. Oh no! The developers are still allowed to keep their own in-game currencies, like farm bucks, fish points, whatever, and you can charge you Facebook. But credits. they have to still, yeah. But that still means that the money's got to go through Facebook. Yeah. So we'll see when this can't does. Make money directly off the two anymore. Facebook wants their cut. Come on, yeah, man! You're using our much. platform. and want some money out of this. So Twitter, speaking of money. Is actually making money, which surprised the hell out of me. They made a profit. How? I Twitter ads of some kind or another. I like. I look at Twitter and I don't see any really Twitter ads. I don't see ads. Yeah. Yet somehow they had made money. They're they're expected to earn 150 million in revenue, which I have no clue how. But somehow they're doing it. Yeah, Facebook is using your posts as their own ads. <laughs> oh. Which which is really ridiculous. Yeah, you don't get paid for it, but your post will get turned into an ad if you say something nice, or maybe not. That's what one of the uh, 
Link was talking about, oh, if you want to try and game the system, then do a post and see if it gets turned into an ad. If you talk about Starbucks tasting like goat urine or something and see if that gets turned into an ad. Uh, I'm sure they've got people going through. They're just looking for the keyword of the brand name and they're like, okay, uh, start scrolling through the list. This one, this one, this one, and this one. It would be really easy. How would you like it? How would you like that to be your job? You get to go through Facebook and look for ads on people's posts. But you wouldn't have to go through. I mean, if that's your job at Facebook, they have direct access to the database. You just trying to look for things to like talk about. Every, no, you, I'd, I'd put out a search, a query that says every time someone says the word Starbucks, put it in this list, and then I just go through the list. Like, all right, Starbucks sucks. Nope, Starbucks is amazing. Yep, that's an ad. Quick. <laughs> So you know what this means is you just need to stop using ads for everybody because you're not getting paid anything for this. Facebook is earning money yep. off of you saying, hey, this company's great. Yep. <sighs> Very sad. So the State of the Union happened. I did not watch it. I watched Maybe. some of it. I actually it watched – I what I did watch, though, was afterwards on um, Thursday – he actually did a YouTube Q&A. So peep, there, there was two things. The so first off was that you could actually watch the State of the Union on the White House website. And it was kind of like an enhanced State of the Union where they would actually be showing you the charts and the data that he's talking about in the speech. Cool. And then immediately after, they had a question and answer session on Twitter. So... And Facebook, on the White House Facebook page. So after the State of the Union, you did that. And then Wednesday, Gibbs was taking questions on Twitter before his post of the State of the Union briefing. And then uh, Obama had his questions on Thursday on YouTube. Damn. From, so yeah, they were they did the State of the Union, but then they're they took it this whole other level. Yeah, they're, they're kind of taking a Web 2.0 government rather seriously. It seems so. I still need to finish watching it because there were a couple of questions that I saw that were coming up on the YouTube Q&A, but I wasn't able to stick around and watch them. Uh, all right. How are we doing on time, frankly, What'd you say, Kat? I was going to say, quite frankly, the only reason why I watched the State of the Union is to play the drinking game, but... There's a what were some of, the, of the, the things for the drinking game this year? Um, anytime the camera zoomed in on uh, the First Lady, you had to do a shot with a bicep curl. <laughs> that one was my favorite. Uh. Probably anytime jobs comes up. Yeah. Oh, there was one where it was with unemployment. If you're unemployed, take a shot. shot. Or anytime you talked about unemployment and you were unemployed, you had to take a shot. <laughs> and if the person next to you was unemployed, you know, you had to tell okay. them a shot. Oh, I would be gone. That would, yep. that would, yeah. <laughs> I love how their new slogan See, is. Anytime, uh, anytime that you said the word dad, you had to borrow a shot from a friend. Promise you'd really pay it back this time. <laughs> <laughs> Good old drinking games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how are we doing, Andy? Um, so we don't like, go over again. No, 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 we were fine last time. Mm-hmm. The um, speaking of Congress, U.S. Republican Joe Baca, Baca, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he introduced from California. Yep, they introduced a bill into the House stating that all video games should contain the following warning message: warning. Excessive exposure to violent video games and other violent media has been linked to aggressive behavior. For any game that is rated tier higher. Yep. You know, on the one hand, uh, no, dumb, bad, don't do it. On the other hand, it's not mandating that they be rated. It's just mandating, you know, it's like the warning on a pack of cigarettes. It's, hey, this will cause cancer. Hey, this has been linked to violent behavior, although it's wrong, but... I'm pretty I sure want- soon they're going to start linking video games to being the gateway drug. <laughs> If they do this to video games, I say they should start doing this to television and movies. So before, when you sit down for a movie, which is warning, excessive exposure to violent movies and other violent media has been linked to aggressive behavior. Yep. 
yeah, that's not going to fly with the MPAA. Nope. And sitting down in front of the TV. Warning, excessive exposure to reality television will make your life seem so much more sane. I was going to say, warning, excessive, <laughs> excessive exposure to reality television has been linked to dropping IQ rates, but... Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> Google's going to try and come out with their own version of Groupon, or Living Social, whatever coupon thing you're trying out now. Yeah. Gonna be called Any good Gu- Groupons out there yet, Andy? Um... I got one for the Kalamazoo Symphony Orchestra, which were two tickets for any of the showings for like 15 bucks. Nice. So we're thinking of going to the 1812 Overture in, I think it's in March, because I'm a fan of the 1812 Overture. You could always go to one of the strike concerts for the DSL. Mm. They're still striking? Because you know that they're still striking. Jeez, oh, Pete. That's kind of ridiculous. Yep, it's been going on since September, I think. They want the music librarians. Mm-hmm. They, well, officially October 1st. Okay. But um, they want the, the music librarians to take a 43% pay cut. Holy crap. Because, you know, they're not real musicians. Oh, of course. Now, is that right. the, the and music players union saying that, or is that the... That's uh, the management. Wow. Yeah, no, the musicians are fully behind the librarians. You know, they're all kind of thrown in together. But the management are being quite dicks about it. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. You, well, you know, the management aren't really musicians either. So maybe they should take a 43% pay cut. Exactly. That's not going to fly. Oh, wow, but... that's pretty bad. Yeah. I guess uh, Video Games Live isn't going to be coming back to Detroit anytime <laughs> soon. Did you ever watch the PBS well, special? We don't no? leave New York. Did I ever watch the what? The, the, the video games live when it was on PBS. Nope. Oh. I didn't know it was on PBS. I swear we talked about it at one point where it was coming to PBS. Hmm. Anyway, what do we got left? The U.S. sucks in the internet. Speed. <laughs> yeah, we knew that. Yeah, that's just, once again, just to reiterate, the U.S. Um, lack fast internet compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. No surprise there. Comcast is going to try and push the cost of their merger to their cable subscribers, most likely. So your cable bill will go up? Yes. Your internet bill, though, required by the FCC and the FTC is going to stay the same. They're required to keep that cool. price stagnant for, I think, three years or five years. But they said nothing about the okay. cable bill itself, so your TV costs are going to go up. Yep, and since it's all one bill anyways that goes up yep uh the pope has suggested that people be nicer online which okay which make well he says that christians on the um the the the, like the bishops and everybody should start actually going out onto the internet first and foremost so oh god yeah that's kind of scary so now there is a head of the vatican social communications office so there's going to be gotta be the best community management job ever Some guy didn't wash his jeans for 15 months? Yep. Turns out, it's not actually that bad. And if they smell, you should throw them in the freezer. The question is, is did he have sex in those 15 months at all? Don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You you go, hey, that's the same pair of jeans I saw you in last time. Yeah, I'm wearing the same pair of jeans for 15 months. Kind of a mood killer. Okay. Thanks. You can just stand Um, over there. Unless you're into that kind of thing. Oh, uh, No. Hence, I, only, I mean, some people might into that. I own one pair of jeans. As do I. I wear them very rarely. The film editor of Apocalypse Now and a couple other movies um, points out with scientific reasoning why 3D movies won't work and why you actually get a headache after watching them for a while. So if you want to know the scientific reasoning why you have a headache from watching 3D movies, it's a blog post. It's something about the way your eyes, yeah, eyes adjusting and focal points and a bunch of stuff like that. Converging so Dave, versus... Yeah. Uh, Microsoft. Said, uh, well, hang, hey, no, hang no, on. No, go, okay, go back. Go back. 
Tron, the new yes. Tron. Yes. Uh, you know, I know your view of 3D movies, Andy, which is to yes. say that they're terrible and awful. Yes. Uh, I thought that as far as the cinematography, Tron in 3D actually pulled it off really well because it was a great way to differentiate between their world and our world. Well, wasn't most of Tron it was done not, in their world? Well, but it was not gratuitous. It, it was, I mean, the, the movie started out in 2D. In fact, there's a warning at the beginning, say, like, Parts of this film were intentionally made in 2D. Leave your glasses on because there are parts that are in 3D. Oh. Like it's not an error. It's not a problem. It's intentionally done that way. And it, it was to differentiate between our world and the computer world. And I thought it was actually very well. Kind of like in The Wizard of Oz when it went from black and white to color. Yeah. It, or, in fact, almost exactly like. I was thinking like the missing reels in Grindhouse, but you probably haven't seen Grindhouse. I have not seen Grindhouse. It's all just for an aesthetic to get you in the more in tune with the movie. Okay. But so yeah, the, I, Catherine, what is your thoughts on 3D movies? Yay or nay? Yeah. Um, it depends on the movie. I mean, I think I think that sometimes a little adds 3D is very cool. But I think right now people are just using it to use it. Yeah, it's and a quite frankly, they're becoming 3D sluts, and they need to stop using it for everything. Like the Green Hornet or Yogi Bear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, but, Yogi Bear did not need to be in 3D. But Tron actually it, it worked out in 3D. So you're saying movies like right. Avatar? I would say that Tron and like Avatar. Yes, I thought the 3D was very well done in those. I think that it, not every movie needs it, and definitely doesn't need it through the whole movie. And quite frankly, I'm not paying 20 bucks for a movie ticket every single time I go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Surcharges. Yeah, bastards. We're gonna charge you extra to make the movie darker. <laughs> so. What else do we have? Uh, Microsoft is not... I said Microsoft sues TiVo, but it's not really suing. They're just putting an injunction in with the International Trade Committee in the U.S. to try and block TiVos from getting shipped in Mexico where they're made to the U.S. where they're sold. Because Microsoft... Microsoft not like TiVo? They're saying TiVo is infringing on four Microsoft patents. Oh, yeah, that would be a reason to not like TiVo. So it's basically all about um, using the software to program schedules and selection and controlling the interface. Right. And uh, a way to restrict the use of DVR based on the program's rating. So there you go. That's Okay. And Verizon is filing against the FCC's net neutrality rules? Which seem really odd because the FCC rules... Were very lenient. Yeah, very lenient to wireless. And so, but somehow Verizon is still... Well, remember, in- Verizon isn't only wireless. Ah, so that might just be their wired. In fact, Verizon Wireless is a subsidiary of Verizon. So it's probably just the probably against the D, uh, yep. DSL sort of stuff. Yep. What, what's really sad uh, is they're then- trying to pick a court that was the same court and judge used by the Comcast hearing when Comcast was oh, cool. getting investigated by the FCC. Interesting. Yeah. So they're trying to basically pick a home court advantage for Verizon. <laughs> I think that's everything and on the list. Intel recruits Will I Am. Oh no, yes. Intel's newest member is Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I was going to say this seems surprising, but then Polaroid and Lady Gaga got together, so yep. maybe Intel saw that and went, mm, "We need our own musician. <laughs> we need an off-the-wall musician." So, you know, make our products seem cooler than they are. At least they didn't pick Fergie. That's all I'm saying. You say they didn't pick who? Fergie. Who? What's wrong with Fergie? I'm not a fan of Fergie at all. Why? Dave, Dave, just smile and nod. Okay. <laughs> I think we have an episode title. <laughs> smile and nod. Oh, perfect. All right, so we got to hit the games. Okay. Dave, you picked King's Quest. Specifically King's, King's Quest Five. So it was yes. the only one that I've played for hours. Which King's Quest is one of the classic Sierra adventure games. 
like yep. Police Quest and Space Quest and Leisure Suit Larry. Dave thought they were all the same game because he wanted me to. They put are Space not all the same game. What, what did you I say? Said that then? they could all be grouped together. They are clearly different games, but they all ran on the same engine. They had the same design. They had more or less the same goal. So you're saying basically every TV show that's on TV could be grouped together? No, because they have different designs. They're all on and the TV. Stars. Yeah, but Andy, so are all, I mean, all computer games can't be grouped together, but these games were written by the same people. They had the same basic interaction. There was no real innovation between them, at least none that I can remember. I'm sorry, but King's Quest is completely different than Leisure Suit Larry, which was completely different than Police Quest, which was completely different than Space Quest. There's But King's yes. Quest and Space Quest, and I don't know about Police Quest, but King's Quest and Space Quest were pretty much the same game. Space Quest was a poking at fun at the sci-fi universe. And King's Quest was a fantasy. Yes, but it was fantasy, a little bit more of a straight face fantasy than Space Quest. Space Quest was very tongue-in-cheek. Yes, I will From- give you that. From playing King's Quest 1, 2, and 3, it, it was, King's Quest was serious, but it was serious about the classic, like, uh, Grimm Brothers tales sort of thing. Or the I don't remember being serious. I remember helping uh, a king of the ants in order to gain his help in searching for a needle in a haystack. <laughs> That's what I remember from King's Quest. Maybe, maybe I have never played King's Quest 5, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, like, so oh, what did those. you put down, Andy? I put down Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Which was a text-based adventure game put out, I think, by Infogram. Actually, I think it might have been Sierra. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Let's see about the game. That's oh, a novel. It's a novel, TV series, radio series. Where's the game on here? No, Infocom. Yep, put out by Infocom. But yeah, it was a text-based adventure, and this thing was a pain in the butt. Yeah. Because if you didn't get it right in the first bit, you died. If you didn't get it right in the second bit, you died. You... <laughs> I restarted this game so many times. Yep. This is back in the day when you'd have to write things down outside the game so that you could remember it later. Yeah, and going through like a maze, so you'd actually have to draw out the maze. Mm-hmm. I love how it came with all the extra bits, though, like the the glasses that were all completely dark to for like different adventures, and it came with a piece of fluff. Uh, what about you, Kat? Any games you remember playing a lot of? Uh, when I was younger or yeah, any period, period. I remember when I was really young, we had a computer game and honestly, I, I have no idea what it was, but you were like this miner and you went around and you had to collect jewels and I don't know, random shit would fall on you. And I can't tell you what game it is because it was, you know, early nineties. It was before I moved to Michigan, but I remember my brother and I played that like hours on hours and hours. Huh. The only thing I could think of would be Dig Dug. No, I I swear I have played this game before. I don't know the name of it, though. I just remember that, that um, we, we had to go to dinner, and we were in one of those levels where rocks fell on you, and when it fell on you, you died. But it, you, you got respawned all the time. So we were sitting at dinner, and the sound was on, and you kept dying and reliving and then dying and reliving. <laughs> and it drove my mother nuts, but we weren't allowed to get up and turn it off. <laughs> That's about my gaming experience. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I can think of is Rock Miner. <laughs> That's probably not it. Rocks Miner 2? I don't, I don't know. know. Let's find out. No, no. I'd be able to, if I saw it, I could tell you if it was it, but. Come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, Dave's Nothing trying on Wikipedia to do... for Rock Miner. <sighs> All right, so we should hit the random topic while Dave's trying to find that. Random topic, and... I rolled ahead of time. Bar? Well, I'm guessing it was supposed to be soap, but he spelled it soup or body wash. Bar soup or body wash. That must be a Hans question if you misspelled soap. Yeah. <laughs> See, Hans needs to start texting more. <laughs>
Well, he has a cell phone now. Just needs to start texting. Yeah, oh. Han, start texting. Our soap or, or body, body wash. wash. I'm guessing for when I'm in the shower, and I'm going to say body wash. Yes, what do you wash yourself with? Body wash with a loofah. Really? Yes, I use a loofah. I just use bar soap. Hey, I, you just don't... It's a lot of work to get the, the bar soap in, in a washcloth and then use that, or do you use the bar soap on you? Generally, the bar soap on me. Hmm. This might be too much information for some people. <laughs> I, How do you wash yourself when you're in the shower? Oh, that was... Direct application. This is actually not the first time I've asked this question. I remember asking Lampman this question, how he uh, showered himself. You asked our band director in high school? Yeah, you were there. Yeah, but I have a crappy memory, so... <laughs> you were there, I think. Laura was there. I think Kate was there. It was one of those times we were waiting for the, the um, parking lot to clear out after school got out. So we were all in the band room just sitting there chatting. And we were discussing body wash and loofahs and that sort of stuff. And then Lampman came in and I asked him. And I think I got to the point where he starts at the top and works his way down. And then he stopped after saying that and goes, I think that's enough for me. And then he kept walking. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's amusing. But the, the loofah helps exfoliate your skin. You're so soft and smooth. So would steel wool. Are you going to take that into See, that the would, shower? That would hurt your skin. Oh, 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 that reminds me. I have half the ingredient for thermite. And I, I have the harder half to find. Now I just need to get some rust, which is to say I need to go get a piece of steel wool and light it on fire. <laughs> or you could just take my car. My car has a lot of rust. I, I could, could just take a file to your car. <laughs> Not even that. Just kick it, it seems. <laughs> collect it. What for? Well, I was trying to kick the snow off of my um, behind the wheels. <laughs> you what, like punched a hole through your car? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, if you just want to bring that with you next time you're over here, I've, I've got the aluminum shavings now. <laughs> Drilling into aluminum for the robot. And I'm like, hmm, there are little pieces of aluminum now. Huh. What are you going to do with your thermite? Just burn it through an engine block? Because that's what I would do. Well, I, I wouldn't have enough thermite to burn through that. Uh, what I will probably do is dig a small hole in the ground and put it in there. Oh. Just to, you know, watch it burn. <laughs> What's the line from uh, uh, The Dark Knight? Oh, I don't know. Where Alfred's talking about the Joker and he says, where some men just want to watch the world burn. I don't know. I need to watch Dark Knight again. It's been too long since I've seen it. Oh, it's... That says, Laura just suggested what that we take wrong it with... Huh? What is wrong with watching things burn? Come on. <laughs> Laura just suggested, though, that we take it with us to Lake Michigan, where the sand has that really high silicate ratio. Try making some glass? And we, we put it in the sand and see if we can get glass. <laughs> I'm actually really in favor of this idea. All safety measures will be taken. People will be standing very far away from it, and we will have safety glasses on. All right, so before and we get fire into... <laughs> And a fire extinguisher. I don't know if a fire extinguisher will help with thermite because it doesn't require oxygen. You can't smother it. Take pictures then. <laughs> okay, before we talk about anything else kind of illegal and dangerous. Is that illegal? I don't, I don't know. know. I start looking into the laws. <laughs> but anyway. People make bonfires over there. Catherine, before we go, is there any website you would like to plug? Um, no. Sorry. That's just fine. Perfectly acceptable. Oh, right, well, and by the way, yes? I, I use body wash. Unless I'm traveling, then I use bar soap. Well, of course, because the hotels always give you bar soap. Exactly. And lugging around a loofah is just you know, such a pain. I actually do that. They have travel-sized loofahs. Yes, that's what I have. It's about the size of a racquetball. Maybe a little bit bigger. Okay, maybe baseball. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> just smile and nod, Dave. Smile and nod. Nodding. Okay. Well, thank you, Catherine, for, for joining us. It was a pleasant uh, surprise. me. 
especially on such short notice. Now you can go back to yeah. baking cookies. Yes. Mmm, cookies. I stress bake. C is for cookies. That's good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. We're not allowed to sing. <laughs> <laughs>